0: And there is so much fucking and so many dicks. (laughs) So
1: many dicks, so many holes. We just couldn't fucking keep up. What's up, good girls and guys? Welcome to the Juiciest Book Podcast, where we discuss our favorite spicy stories from
0: cutesy romance to smut and all the fantasy in between. I'm Carly. And I'm Taylor. Welcome to Read It and Ride It. (laughs) Let's go, baby. (laughs) We have merch we have freaking merch we've been working on some really sick pieces for a while now inspired by the things we've discussed or said on the podcast my personal favorite is the good girl university sweatshirts and (laughs) t-shirts um As well as our Good Girl era, which we have in the prettiest pink color. Yes.
1: And honestly, my favorites are the Morley Black, Morley Gray and Golden Retriever concert style merch that we came up with. It has some of our favorite characters on the back listed in concert style credit. The vibes are vibing people with these (laughs) shirts. If you have a favorite book boyfriend, odds are he's going to be listed on the back. And we also kept our promise and made an ASL Good Girl t-shirt design on this fire baby blue color. And that was the idea that Taylor came up with live in our Archer's Voice episode.
0: We also already have more designs in the works with a few artists we love, but wanted to get these out to y'all in time for the holidays. You can check them out on our Etsy page, read it and write it, all one word, or you can go to the link in our bio.
1: And now into the reason you are all really here. This week on the podcast, we're going to be covering Lola and the Millionaires by Catherine Moon, part one and part two. That's a two for one. (laughs) Which is also a part of the Omegaverse series.
0: It's also called the Sweetverse. So if you go onto Goodreads and type in Sweetverse or Omegaverse series, you're going to see not only Catherine Moon's books pop up, but a few other authors have written into the same universe. I did not know that. It's pretty sick. Mm It's a bit of like a an interesting kink kind of thing I don't know that it's a kink it's just like one of those things where it's like it's for some people it's not for other people but I think most people just need to give it a try and you'll probably like it
1: (laughs) yeah no I agree I remember when you were telling me about this book and you were like I think you'll like it but I don't know and I was like Taylor I really like everything so I don't understand why you think I'm not gonna like it and then I read it (laughs) I liked it, mm-hmm. but like I can see how it's definitely different yeah. than others because it's not necessarily like a real world book, but it's mm-hmm. not super full-blown fantasy either. No. Yeah, it's kind of in between. So it's kind of interesting in that way, but I rated this one a 3.5 out of 5. I really liked the first one and I felt like the second one dragged on a little bit and I was a little upset at the main female character at one of her decisions that she <laughs> makes later on in the second book, which we will get into later. But I did really enjoy both of them.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you, you were down to read them. I rated them a 4.5 out of 5 combined. So really good plot, in my opinion. It kept me hooked and curious to see if she will end up with who from the pack, and when, and if they'd catch the hangman gang. So there's multiple plots going on within this book. And there is so much fucking and so many dicks.
1: (laughs) So many dicks, so many holes. We just couldn't fucking keep up. (laughs) The smut was a five out of six. Easily. There is a lot of explicit sex. This is a reverse harem. So we have multiple partners, like I said, multiple holes being utilized. But this isn't a typical reverse harem like we have read before. This is one where we have M on M mm-hmm. and MFMM and MMMMM. M- 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 <laughs> M- like, yeah. There
0: is a lot going on. There's this one part where it's literally a sandwich of mmfmm.
1: Yeah, I seriously like needed a whiteboard at some points cuz I was like, "How are we positioning to make this happen?"
0: And you know what? Use your imagination. It's juicy regardless of if you get it right or not. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay, getting into world building, like we said, it's not quite your normal world, but it's still cars, business buildings. So it's a two because it's the real world physically, but they don't have the same anatomy or um, social rules. Yeah, it's like fantasy elements in reality. Yeah, the humans are not... And that's K-N-O-T, what humans in real life are, if you know what I mean. (laughs) And if you know what I mean, that's fucking funny, okay? (laughs) To kind of explain it better to those of you who may not have read the book but are listening anyways, it's reality with an alpha, beta, and omega dynamic. So there's packs, there's scenting, there's bark commands, and even some different anatomy, which is referencing to the knot. The alphas literally have knots on their dicks, and we'll get into more detail on that later. But it's exactly how it sounds. Alphas are the leaders, omegas are basically the breeding hose, and betas are the workers. There's sense and scent marking, and the can't control my desires played off of it. So I think that's something a lot of people really like about these books is it's like that obsession, need to um, mate and bond, and literally there's bond bites and marks. So these are like not necessarily fated mates, they're chosen mates. And then having barks, which is like a commanding tone. Also, the action I would say was only like a three out of five. Some bad people die, but like nothing too violent, crazy, or really descriptive.
1: Yeah, and the sadness was only a 2 out of 5 too. There is sad trauma coming from the female main character as well as some of the guys do have trauma themselves, but you're not Mm -hmm. crying in this book over stuff that's going on in the plot. The humor, thank God, was a 4 out of (laughs) 5. This shit was hilarious. Anything Rake said or the banter that she had with Baby in her alphas, I was fucking LOLing, like literally laughing out loud. It was so funny.
0: (laughs) It was honestly a pretty fluffy book. It's a four out of five. There's major flirting, cutesy moments from multiple characters. There's bonding. They're obsessed with each other. And there's even these purring moments, which yes. if you haven't read a book where a character is kind of like taking on these animal traits or characteristics, or like even like a Zodiac Academy mm-hmm. or, um, you know, a lot of the Susan Valenti and the Twisted Sister authors, they'll do that a lot too, where like the lion guy, he'll purr. It's just to show that he is in like a really good – Comfy, cutie, flirty state. I don't know. I love
1: it. I eat it up. (laughs) No, same. (laughs) Starting out with our FMC, which is Lola. She is a beta, blonde bombshell. She's very shy, but she's very smart at the same time.
0: Yeah. She also, of course, as most our FMCs do, carries some baggage, at least in her eyes. That's a huge theme. She came from an abusive alpha pack and was gang-banged by the alphas, forcing their knot, teasing bites for days, and shit. That uh, it it's it's really sad. Once you understand the world, it's like worse than it sounds. I mean, obviously,
1: it's hard because in this book, you realize because she's the beta. Um, in the other books, baby was an... uh an oh Omega, so it was different. You now you see the perspective of a beta is like the beta literally just wants to be accepted by yeah. an alpha. That's all they want,
0: and so so the trauma is not only like the physical damage, but it's also emotionally. Yes, and
1: alphas damaging. will take advantage of betas, and I think that's yeah. really what happened in this situation. It was extremely fucked up.
0: So fucked. Um.
1: So I mean. Literally immediately first scene, you see that she harbors this fear of alphas from that past trauma. So (laughs) she's just at this club and she's just looking to fucking get laid. But it's a betas only club. Right. So she only she doesn't deal with alphas, no omegas either. She's just trying to fuck a beta because Mm -hmm. she knows it's safe. She knows she can have a one night stand, get off, go home shout out you girl for just going out and getting what you want. <laughs> and she ends up bumping into this sexy ass fucking man who she can smell is a beta. So she's like immediately, you're hot. You're safe. I want to fuck you.
0: He is a sweetheart of a man, but still like broad shouldered and handsome as hell. He actually owns the beta club that they're in and our girl gets a guy at the club we're talking sexy dancing hands mouths fucking all into the first intro
1: dude when he fucking whispers in her ear and she gets goosebumps that's an instant orgasm for me like you don't even have to touch me just fucking if you're giving me goosebumps we're here for it
0: right so Lola is just trying to fuck. She pulls him into the bathroom, but Leo's trying to slow her down, get to know her. He's like, "Wait, I'm actually into you." Yeah, <laughs> I mean things were
1: so fucking good, but it was so awkward when she was in the middle of her orgasm and sees the alpha bite on Leo. Which just, like, immediately triggers her trauma about Alpha. She's like, fuck, there's an Alpha out here that is bonded to this Beta. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get in trouble. Like, I'm not trying to happen like that. And she just fucking busts out of there.
0: Yeah. She left so quick. Homegirl forgot her panties. (laughs) (laughs) I was dying laughing right after the scene. She's in like this cab leaving and he's standing outside of the club, like looking left and right with her fucking panties in his (laughs) (laughs) hand. Such a good
1: intro to these books, honestly. And and you know, like scent is a really big thing for them. So Mm. I could just imagine him like going home with them and like (sniffs) smelling them. Oh, God. (laughs)
0: I need to find her. (laughs) Good Lord. I also want to introduce Lola's best friend, Baby. Yes, her name is Baby. She has her own book. It's fire. Go read it. And it's actually technically a prequel, but you can totally read these books separately. Mm -hmm. Baby is an Omega who belongs to a pack of Alphas. So Lola totally avoids them. Yeah, this is important to
1: bring up because she has this resentment towards her best friend who is essentially also her sister because she's jealous that because baby used to be a beta. And then there's this thing where you kind of can come out into being an Omega. It's not like you're necessarily born an Omega. So then all of a sudden her friend who was on her level now becomes this totally sought after thing that pretty much all betas want to be. I think betas really want to be Omega's. In the end, and honestly, really sad because Lola does not have any family, and this is her family, and now she's just kind of mad at her in a way. She's not, you know, mad at her, but it's jealousy,
0: yeah. It's, and if you read Baby's story too, right at the beginning, this isn't a spoiler, it's literally first chapter. She's a late bloomer, which is super rare. She's like in her 20s and becomes an Omega. Usually you become an Omega in like your teens from what I understood. Mm -hmm. So Lola is trying to kind of separate herself from her best friend. She used to be really into blogging about beauty. So she gets a dream job through the one family member she has left, which I believe is like her cousin. Yeah. In the beauty department of Designate, which is basically like –
1: It's kind of like a Vogue in a way.
0: Right, yeah. And there's different issues. There's makeup. There's fashion. They have different levels of the magazine, but she works in the beauty department. She's instantly a natural at her job, but happens to run into Leo and his whole ass pack. So the alpha that bit him, as well as the rest of the other five men, (laughs) all within the company elevator.
1: (laughs) Let's go over the pack really quick. We'll go through the rest of the guys so that you're introduced to them because they kind of come up at different points. But in the very first few chapters of the book, you get introduced to all of them. Mm -hmm. So and basically the elevator is the last place where she sees the rest of them. Right. So we have Cyrus Alpha number one, who is actually her boss at Designate. He did give me a little bit of creep vibes in the beginning because he was like kind of touching her elbow and being a little flirty with her at work. And I was like, okay, you little fucking perv, get off her. (laughs) This isn't no workplace fucking romance, Mm -mm. you sicko. And then I found out he was part of the pack and I was like, "Never mind, go back, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) He is the hopeless, romantic, can't help but fall in love kind of guy. And he is bonded to Rake, who is the only Omega in the group And later on, he's a model and she ends up working for him. This fucking man. He is so funny. (laughs) He is sassy as hell from the start. He's blunt. He is our golden retriever, cinnamon roll man of the group. He's actually my favorite. And it's so funny, he's literally just like constantly horny as well, which is an omega quality, I think. But pretty much. <laughs> it really just makes him more funny that he just wants to fuck all the time. He just
0: <laughs> this man is thinking with his dick. He absolutely is. <laughs> I would say the second alpha that needs an intro would be Matthew, who is the CEO of Vior, which is the head of the company that owns Designate. So he is the only one that's really able to sense that Lola is afraid of alphas, which I really appreciated from him. He also has a French accent and is the age gap zaddy of the group. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You really hit all of the kinks in this book with each guy. Oh, yeah, easily. And Caleb, alpha number four, he is our British accent man's. He is the one that in the elevator truthfully helps Lola with her panic attack because his scent is described by Leo as like a drugging, syrupy scent. So it helps her kind of get out of her panic attack that she gets from being triggered, surrounded by so many alphas. Right.
1: So basically in the elevator, she sees all them. She realizes that there's a fuck ton of alphas in a closed space with her, and she just
0: basically immediately drops and yeah. is like passed out. Pr- pretty much. I mean, she's like, you know, hyperventilating. Yeah, it's like, and then Caleb's scent. Yeah, exactly. And then Caleb's scent helps her pass out. And another important note about Caleb is he's bonded to both Leo and Rake. So Rake has two alphas bonded to him out of the pack. That's another interesting thing, is not everyone in the pack has to be bonded. A lot of times alphas will just kind of form a pack and then try to find an omega. And then if the omega has a relationship uh, sexually with certain ones, that's typically when they bond. Other times it's just more protective or as a friend. And so Caleb is also the one alpha that Leo is bonded to. So when she tripped up in the club, that was from the man that is now comforting her in the elevator. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Kind of ironic. (laughs) Then we have Wes, who is our alpha number three. He is the security bodyguard watching over Rake. But honestly, he does that for everyone in the group. That's kind of Mm -hmm. his just like job in real life as well. And also important to note that omegas have this perfume that can overwhelm alphas, which is why Rake needs Wes around, because people just want to get after him, not only because he's famous, but because he's an omega.
0: So he needs that kind of protection around him. And important to note on the scents, there is scent marking. So betas will want to get all over an omega just so they can smell like they're an omega and hook up with an alpha. So he not only needs protection from Alpha's wanting to come after him, but even Beta's trying to use him. Exactly. So he's
1: definitely kind of sus to uh, just about new people in general. And I think it just really speaks to how he takes to Lola so quickly because she's always worried in her head. Like, you know, I don't want to come off as this person using an Omega. But the fact that Rake was about her pretty much almost immediately is a really good sign. Also to mention about Wes is that when Lola was rescued from that time with the abusive alphas, her cousin actually called Wes and he rescued her. But she was so traumatized at the time that she didn't actually remember that. So when he sees her, he's like, oh, shit. Like, this is the girl Leo's been
0: talking about. Like, mm. I know her. I know. What What a coincidence. It's just so crazy how many like little connections they have. The two guys that work with her, Leo from the club, Wes who rescued her, Rake is the model she does makeup for. There's like so many connections and Rake totally has a crush on Lola from the start.
1: Oh yeah, big time. Like, So he wasn't actually on the elevator when she had the panic attack, but when they come off the elevator, he's waiting there and he's like, oh my God, oh my God, is she okay? Is she
0: okay? And like he barely even knows her at this point. Right. I think he almost is enticed to have that attraction to her because he can feel leo through his bond probably yeah and how he's into her but lola is already triggered from her trauma she freaks out in her fear of omega perfume which is how she got in trouble with buzz and the other bad alpha guys from the hangman gang so she's kind of thinking oh my gosh this whole pack saw me freak out i work with two of them And she ends up at another shoot later on where there's this female asshole alpha who's trying to scent mark her because she knows she's kind of friends with this new pack. And Matthew, the French alpha, saves her from her. And she starts freaking out saying their scent marks are on my neck, shoulder, cheek. They were tangible brands. And the men get her scent-canceling shampoo This statement really stood out to me. I can relate to that feeling in a way as a germaphobe. So I was just kind of laughing. I mean, I know it's like a trauma moment, but I was just kind of laughing when she's like scrubbing her hands so hard because I'm like, that is honestly me. I touch a door handle and I'm like, I could feel it like tingling on my hands. I'm like, (laughs) I got to wash my hands. The alphas continue to kind of unknowingly give her what I'd call exposure therapy. So she's getting used to Cyrus's presence since they work together is comforted by Matthew's smell and appreciates his demeanor and understanding of her fear of alphas. And she's also grown accustomed to Caleb's scent because it's always on Leo.
1: Right. And this just all comes back to the fact that, you know, Leo likes her, wants her to be around, knows that Mm -hmm. she has trauma. So it's like, okay, how are you going to be around? I have alphas in my life. So the alphas in the group are like, we're going to do this One, because they are kind of interested in her, but I think they would have been fine if she would have never been interested in them. But they knew how much Leo liked her and they wanted him to have her. So we come to our first fuck, which is Leo and Lola, which I'm so happy about because we needed redemption from the fucking first scene of the book.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we were a little cheated.
1: They're playing this cute innocent strip game like come on so shocking that it (laughs) ended up being a full-on strip fest into a fuck fest but it was honestly a very fluffy giddy moment like there were multiple parts in this that I was laughing between their banter as they were going like when they were ordering pizza she's like toppings and he's like you on me (laughs) like, <laughs> the sexual tension right here was just like fucking palpable
0: you get a little bit of foreshadowing for the type of uh, girl Lola is in the bedroom as well because I was like holy fuck when Lola is on top and bites Leo's bite mark <laughs> and shit got bucking wild if you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> They literally fall off the couch fucking. Leo throws out one of my favorite one-liners. You're going to come for me. You're going to come again. We love A Giving Man. (laughs)
1: Honestly, Catherine Moon just knows how to write a good sex scene. Like, Oh, yeah. She is getting the readers going. Like, I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense, too, for this book. <laughs> like, it's just so great. when I i just love what I'm laughing, but then I'm also getting aroused. Like,
0: okay, I'm here for it. I'm game. Also, I was dying laughing at the pizza guy being like, I'm just going to leave this out here. <laughs> and then fucking hits him with the, uh, go team. <laughs> So much comedy in these books. I loved it.
1: Another really important part of the plot starts building at this point. We have these taunting texts that are coming in from Indy, who was a part of that alpha gang that had all the trauma, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And she lives in this sketchy ass fucking apartment and it gets broken into. So they're assuming that it's Indy. She kind of tells the guys like what's going on and she ends up going
0: to stay at the pack's house per Leo's suggestion. Okay, but bitch, this wasn't just a pack house. It was a fucking mansion. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It was. It it had elevators with six floors, a rooftop, garden terrace, an infinity pool, a full ass gym, and a sexy af decor. Thanks to Caleb who is an interior designer. I mean, literally, when she's walking through the house and they're describing it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That gets me going. A good interior? Are you kidding me? Caleb was my man. I'll give you a little... (laughs) Claimed. (laughs) Claimed. He even goes, I'll give you a little mini tour on the way to the rooms. And in her head, she's like... My rooms, he said, as in multiple fucking rich people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When Leo tells her to go to the mansion, he is actually not in town. So Rake is taking charge at this point. The inner dialogue of him walking her through the house is so funny. Like, <laughs> they go into his room, and he's like, Rake, you dumbass, is that a fucking sex toy in your side table? <laughs>
0: like, just out there in the open. <laughs> Honestly, classic Omega move. And then in his mind, he goes, fuck Rake, move her along so you don't have to explain that you take naughty pictures of your pack mates for a hobby. Jesus, you're a mess. <laughs> the fact
1: that he has... Just kind of like this collection of sex pictures of him and his pack is
0: fucking hilarious. It's it's amazing. Like, I, I honestly love it. <laughs> all kinks hit here. All of them. <laughs> and it's so cute how he tries to spoil her when he's usually the one getting spoiled as an Omega. It's just so obvious he's into her.
1: Oh, yeah. And then he literally blurts out, I have a crush on you. And she <laughs> finally admits it back to him, too, because they had been spending time together and uh, right
0: all those work shoots were with him as the model
1: yes so I'm just glad that she you know kind of had the balls to be like yeah like I like you too I know oh, that too. that her you know mine was racing a million miles per minute about you know what are the repercussions of liking Leo and oh my gosh now I like an Omega
0: yeah but- that was a huge step forwards for her because now she's comfortable with an Omega and she definitely was not before yeah hence why she kind of broke it off with baby in a way like it was only text messages for quite a while yeah uh so rake hearing that it's still in his pov and he's like he he, he, devising a plan to be a matchmaker with her and all his alphas he's like you're gonna get in this pack i want you to be bonded (laughs) but obviously doesn't say that to her because he doesn't want to freak her out and then also different members of the pack are starting to do other things for her because she's staying at the house. She's more involved. Rake is showing interest. I'm sure the alphas bonded can feel his interest. So Wes, the security guard one, offers to hunt down Lola's texting stalker through back channels, a.k.a. like some illegal shit. But he owns a security business. It's his thing. And he's already so protective of her because, again, he's the one who rescued her. Right. And it's so cute, too. When you read the book, there's this scene from his perspective when he picked her up and rescued her, how he was basically gripping the steering wheel so hard and shaking because he just wanted to go back there and comfort her. But the last thing she needed was an alpha all over her. So I just – he's my favorite because he's just so considerate and just wants to keep you safe. And uh, <laughs> and he's just like this really big guy and – Later, you'll find out some other things are really big, too. So <laughs> he's, he's really dreamy. <laughs> We're here for you, Wes. <laughs> Team Wes.
1: <laughs> we get a switch in point of view to Matt, where him and Wes are having a conversation about Indy. So just side note really quick, let's go over that so that you know who Indy is. So in Baby's book, which is the prequel to this, The hangman group who were the people that traumatized. Not the whole group, but like the alphas of that gang traumatized Lola. There was two main alphas in it, Buzz and Indy. Buzz was killed and Indy basically escaped That time, because also the feds are running after this gang because they're doing a bunch of illegal shit. Yeah, but the feds are doing shit at it. Yeah, they're not doing good, which is why Indy is still out there on the run and is able to send these fucking taunting ass texts to Mm -hmm. her and go to her apartment and fucking trash it and basically fuck
0: around with her at this point. Right. He's even charged with like sex trafficking, has a terrible, terrible record, but still has not been caught in over a year. Like, yes. what the fuck doesn't make any fucking
1: sense <laughs> in this moment you can tell Matt really cares for Lola and more of just like it's not because the other members of his pack want to be in a relationship with her like he himself is interested in her he, it's personal at this point and Wes can see that Matt is interested in her but also admits that he's attracted to her so now we have the admission of two fucking
0: alphas they're like I want her right and they're two unbonded alphas and on top of it this scene is really funny to read because it's these two guys talking about relationships and liking someone and guys are just so terrible at that and I feel like Catherine Moon does it so well and so realistically with the guys being like yeah so uh you know you you kind of like her <laughs> exactly
1: yeah you like yeah i like her yeah me okay, too yeah <laughs> it
0: was so perfect
1: the sexual tension with rake is starting to amp up because as you know omegas they want to fuck they're <laughs> fucking down you know the vibes are vibing here very we're vibing. trying to get down and dirty <laughs> she ends up having This kind of failure of a threesome with Leo and Rake because it triggers her trauma. But they are so understanding. Like, I just love how all of the guys literally care about her, not only physically, but emotionally. Like, they know they're like, it's totally fine. It doesn't matter. Like, we could try again or we could not try again if it never works. Like, we're all okay with that.
0: It makes me so happy because it's such a polar opposite alpha pack compared to what she had experienced, and it's exactly what she needs. But we're going to have a little bit of a birds and bees combo with y'all, Omegaverse style.
1: Otherwise known as what we said earlier, nodding.
0: Nodding. naughty <Noddy>, Nodding. <laughs> For starters, there's a bump at the base of only a male alpha's dick, which is called a knot.
1: And female omegas and alphas have a lock mechanism. So if they were to actually sheath the dick all the way inside, knot and all, it'll lock in with the knot and basically makes the orgasm super intensified.
0: It's all about breeding like in real life. On the animal channel, you've probably seen it with dog packs, for example. Hence why this world has packs and alphas. And they're basically humans with a dog pack mentality and certain anatomy, a.k.a. having the knots and legit getting stuck or quote-unquote locked to make sure they come inside. (laughs) Yes,
1: and rake as a male omega, which is more rare, is just like, I come a lot. Yep. <laughs> that's my fucking quality. Male Omegas, they just fucking come all the time.
0: <laughs> okay. I loved Lola's highlighting scars campaign for Designate, and she called it highlighting imperfections. It reminded me of the glitter stretch mark trend that happened in real life. Honestly, such an empowering campaign. Also used to highlight bond marks in this story, which I thought was another step forward for her as her fear of alphas and bond marks. Now she's literally highlighting them when she ran away from Leo and his bond mark in the beginning of this book.
1: Right. And back to the sex. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Where Rake and her have a phone fuck with Leo. They are definitely the main threesome from the beginning like it was leo and then rake gets in it which i think is good for her because i think if it was beta then trying to get an alpha in it wouldn't have worked like Mm -hmm. now she has kind of both of her fears you know being with a beta that's bonded and then being with an omega she's getting through that and that's helping her through her trauma the banter over the phone with leo is just really amazing (laughs) (laughs) she's like talking about Rake's dick and
0: she's like, his cock was like fucking pussy magic. Like, (laughs) amazing. (laughs) I was dying at her description of his dick like a soft pillow, but thick and wet. Oh
1: (laughs) oh my God. I mean, they're doing it over the phone, so we got to get descriptive. Yeah, very descriptive. (laughs) And girls also got some fucking kick ass kegel exercises (laughs) get literally describes how she's gripping his dick similar to how a female lock would
0: be i'm just like yeah send me the workout girl let's go how are you doing it honestly is there more than one kegel exercise i should know about can someone share this info so it's not on my google search history (laughs) please and thank you (laughs) Meanwhile, Lola's relationship with Wes is really developing. He's driving her to and from work. And one of the times that he's driving her to work, she suddenly remembers, holy shit, you're the one who saved me from the Hangman Alpha Pack. Yeah. And he admits that he wishes he had burned the place to the fucking ground for her. We love Wes. (laughs) Big fan.
1: (laughs) We have our first family dinner from Caleb's point of view, which is super big of Lola because this is the first time she's surrounded by all of the alphas and is comfortable. Like a family hint hint.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Caleb admits it's hard being around Lola as an alpha because his nature is to take care of an omega or beta and she would be easy to spoil. Like he already does for Rake and Leo. He literally has to leave the room to control his instincts. I loved that shit. I ate that up when they're like like Wes shaking with the steering wheel and him having to like leave the room and pretend to get drinks. I'm like he <laughs> you can barely control
1: yourself around her. <laughs> I feel I feel like these are like In other books could be considered toxic traits, but because they're alphas, you're like, oh yeah, like that's just how they are. It's instinctual. So then you're like, oh, it's fucking (laughs) hot. I love the part where Lola is, she also gets fucked up, which is so funny. And she says that Wes smells divine. Like, I would have thought he would have a nonstop pussy parade following him
0: around. And Rake, <laughs> in this scene, like chokes on what he's drinking and is laughing and is like, Bravo, bravo. <laughs> And I love that he's the first alpha she genuinely announces interest in considering he's often overlooked as the quiet guy and keeps to himself. And he's the one who rescued her. In his point of view earlier on, he admits to having been drawn to her from the start. I I mean, I'm just like swoon, giddy, heart eyes initiated. I'm just overwhelmed with good fluffy feelings. And I was dying laughing at the next morning, Wes even blushing. Ugh, he's such a big teddy bear. I want him to hold me and keep me safe.
1: <laughs> Lola stumbles in on Cyrus in his painting room later on.
0: Yeah, and reminder, Cyrus is the alpha that's her direct boss at designate. So he's the one that was kind of flirty with her from the start before he knew that she was a bit triggered by alphas. But they have this comfortable setting now and she's checking out his paintings like going through this pile of them and realizes that his painting style is a series of his breakups through light manipulation and facial expressions on portraits which was so... Like I wish I could see them. I I wish there so was cool. fan art of the art. Right, right. I want <laughs> fan art of his art. <laughs> I
1: love that you're seeing this scene... Where Cyrus is hyping Lola up mentally. Like, he sees that she bags on herself and he's like, nope, it's not fucking happening. Like, he's like, you're a good judge of character. Like, you are trustworthy. You are worth it. Like, you are not a bad person. Like, Mm -hmm. you had bad stuff happen to you. And maybe, yeah, you had... You thought bad thoughts, but in the end, like, to your core, you're a good person. Right. And I feel like that's what Cyrus brings to the relationship for her. Definitely. It's about to heat up, if you know what I mean, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Rakes heat, a.k.a. a literal fuck fest. It's like this week-long feral fuck fest where they get feral. Yeah, that's feral. exactly what it is. It's fucking feral. It's, yeah, it's it's madness, but we love it. <laughs> it's basically where they go to this room covered in pillows and have so much sex, they literally rotate because it tires them out. But the Omegas, Rake in this instance, is in actual pain if he can't get through the whole heat. Yeah. Basically,
1: he has to fuck the entire time or else he's in pain. Yeah. So the Alphas have to keep up. <laughs> Lola gets invited. But she ends up turning it down at first, not really feeling comfortable about it. But Leo calls her and pretty much all but begs her to come and basically show up and be there because Rake is constantly calling her name and whining for her during the heat.
0: Just so cute. It's like, she's pack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just imagining him, like, getting railed and being like, Lola. Lola. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, swoon. (laughs) Baby talks her into going to the heat. And again, Baby's her omega friend. She says something like the alphas will be like a sexy air freshener, mood enhancer, and sound effect machines. Don't worry about them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, because at this point, she hasn't hooked up with any of the alphas, and I don't think she's ready to do that yet. But she was basically going to be having sexual experiences with leo and rake in the same room yeah, yeah. so voyeurism a lot of stuff going on a lot of stuff goes <laughs> <down>. <laughs> she ends up hitching a ride with matt to the heat
0: yeah because the whole pack goes but not the whole pack participates so the other alphas are just there in support to protect and all that kind of stuff but really quickly that Dark hooded figure standing across from her apartment watching her when they pulled away and had a mask on? Hell no, totally indie. (laughs) I did did not even notice that. At all. I was, I already I was, know. You were like, let's get to the heat.
1: Yeah. I was too hot and heavy over what the fuck was going to happen <laughs> that I
0: was just letting all the other plot lines go by. <laughs> oh my God. I already know. You skimmed, like, mask ah, whatever. Don't even start with the skimming. <laughs> I'll bite you. <laughs> I love that she has no Omega scent on her in this car ride with Matt, yet his alpha perfume fills the car which is his natural reaction to just being around her like he can't even control that he's turned on by her and the smell lets her know essentially I thought this was totally the reassurance she needed to know he and alpha is into just her a beta I also think the pheromones kind of make them out of control and feral cuz Matt is like gripping his knees white knuckled <laughs> it is about <laughs> to go down <laughs> and then she fucking
1: teases him by spreading her legs because she's getting wet over the pheromones and oh my God. her smell of arousal like goes into
0: the air and he smells it and he's Oh. <laughs> when they start getting handsy though and he groans fuck if i'd known. <laughs> oh! <laughs> then you get some dick in mouth, finger fucking, love the lolette nickname and no. Rakes. Is it Lolette or is it Lottie? Lottie sounds like I think a dog name like Lassie. He's, he's fr- Come here Lottie. He's French. I think it's Lottie. that's how I said it. Well, I'm gonna say Lolette because it's way cuter, <laughs> <laughs> so her okay. name is oh her nickname is Lolette. From Matt. I'm making that decision right now. Sorry, Catherine Moon, if that's wrong, but that's right. And, then, <laughs> and also, we forgot to mention Rake's nickname for her is Lollipop, which is so cute. That is so cute. And accurate because he eats her up like a damn lollipop. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I love when they
1: finally get to the house and she smells like Matt and Leo kisses her and is like, "Mm, you smell like Alpha. He's going to beg so bad. (laughs) I'm just like,
0: yes, give it to me. (laughs) You already know that next chapter or two or three is just going to be fucking nuts. (laughs) She
1: was insecure, though, about hooking up Matt without talking to Leo and Rake first. So I'm honestly glad that he said something right in the beginning because I feel like she can feel less mm-hmm. like in her head about it. And at this point, I think they all want her to feel included on whatever level that would be. So I think it's safe to say that she could literally bang any of them and not have to ask permission.
0: Right, and Matt made such a good point saying that she wasn't chasing alphas if she still wanted Rake and Leo, because that's how she got tied up in that bad alpha pack before.
1: Right. It's like the alphas were interested in her, and then she's like, oh my gosh, like, can I be with them? Okay, they like me. Oh, the other two in the beginning that I was okay with are okay with it.
0: Right. Let's fucking go for it. Yeah, her feelings are only continuing to develop with the other two as well. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I love Rake so much <laughs>
1: when he, she shows up in the bedroom and he's like, I knew Matt was interested in you, that French bastard. <laughs> <laughs> she also ends up buying a locking sex toy for Rake, which is super interesting because I don't know if he's ever been locked for real in his life before But he definitely can't be locked by his male alphas because they don't have that mechanism like they have not. Right. So very fucking thoughtful of her for doing that. Shout out Lola. (laughs) And then we just
0: have so much fucking and so many. Dicks. (laughs) Rake is practically feral and humping Lola comes three to four times before the others even start to join. Although Cyrus and Caleb are like watching from the side jacking off. Like we knew they were interested. Oh yeah. We knew it. And then we get some DP and some QP. So this is that M, M, F, M, M we were talking about. Yes. And this is
1: not all inside the f though
0: like no, this is yeah, like no. a
1: collection of people fucking together like lined by up. each other yes yeah. one of the descriptions in this scene which i was just like god damn was the magical sensation of nuzzling against rake inside of her while Caleb filled me until i thought i could taste him in my throat
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god and that's from Leo's point of view this scene was just fucking insane but I loved every second of it it's also important to note that during Leo's point of view he can feel Rake and Caleb through the bond and notes Caleb has genuine feelings for Lola which is perfect because they want her as Pac and Leo mentally confesses that he's in love with her after this massive fuck fest so <laughs>
1: So we get settled down from the heat a little bit. Lots of fucking. It was great. Then we get to her first fuck with Matt
0: and Alpha. (laughs) Honestly,
1: cringe in the beginning to me. (laughs) She was talking about how she used to fuck pillows, which is fine. That's not the cringy part. It was just him being like, use me like one of your blankies Absolutely Ugh. no. That
0: no. <laughs> that yeah. is not the kind of fucking foreplay talk that Mm-mm. I want to hear. It's almost like playing a little bit too hard on the fact that he's so much older. Reading it in context, I definitely think he was saying it in a joking way. But then he also says stuff like, cover me in your juices, which I was like, that's kind of cringy, too. Like, how about come on me? That's way hotter. Uh, Not cover me in your fucking juices. I'm like, you want me to go grab the OJ from the fridge? (laughs) Like, what are you talking about, grandpa? (laughs) It's just not the vibe. (laughs) It's not. During this
1: sex scene, she's still too scared to not. And per usual, Matt, though... He may be a grandpa, but he is a perfect (laughs) gentleman and he doesn't push it on her. It was very interesting to me that they don't have to knot each time because some of the alphas had said they never knotted before ever Yeah, before Lola. And I thought you had to knot every time. So I was like, dang, like you can't. But I feel like for them, it's just like, okay, I. If you know what it feels like to not you're like, okay, obviously, like I want to not or your instincts take over and it's just like a primal drive to shove your dick
0: all the way in. Basically, I think even during this scene with Matt, because he like knows he can't not with her and all that stuff. He basically just grabs his own knot. It's almost like when you grab a guy's balls, how they're so sensitive. I think that's like the idea. Yeah, they
1: like do it to themselves. Yeah, so instead of like
0: pushing all the way in, he's just grabbing the end of his dick.
1: Yeah. Matt does redeem himself with a one good liner that he had. That was, I'm not a schoolboy, and I plan on feeling you gushing around my cock at least twice before I finish.
0: Mm. Okay, daddy. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, and I like that he said that, too, after she starts getting so extra with the, oh, yeah, go, Matt. You know, I was like, yeah. girl, fucking calm down. You don't need to be a porn star
1: for Matt. It's okay. right
0: He's a grown-ass man. He can tell. I mean, fucking not all men can tell, but, like, he at least is like, I'm not a schoolboy. I can.
1: Yeah. It's like I've so- been around the fucking block, okay? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. But really, to be honest, his sex scenes with Lola give more of a slow loving vibe even though they say some dirty shit and she screams a lot after this she does
1: start to develop a deeper emotional connection with Matt she says things like you know Matt is someone I wanted to be around I felt steadier with him more open one of the things she opens up to him about is how she feels guilty about the fact that she craves attention that comes from courting in Omega, which honestly, I think is totally reasonable. Like to see someone just get showered in affection and gifts, I feel like that's okay to want that. Right. At least she's being like upfront about it. Like, hey, you know, like I kind of want these things. because Matt's kind of digging it out of her and she's like well i feel guilty for wanting this because i know i'm not an omega like that's not gonna happen to me but it doesn't stop me from wanting it
0: yeah and i mean if your love language is receiving gifts and his love language like all alphas is giving gifts girl you're a perfect match and the boys start discussing actually that she's receiving gifts from matt and rake As the Omega, who's typically the one getting gifts, he's like, if anyone knows how to spoil an Omega, it's an Omega, and (laughs) buys her so many clothes to the point that I think Leo's like trying to take his phone from him. He's like, like, you need to chill the fuck out. (laughs) I also think it's important to mention that Lola has this internal dialogue consistently throughout the book that tends to have this kind of devil on the shoulder moments where she's enjoying sex a certain way and her inner dialogue says you're disgusting or she's finally happy and her inner dialogue says it won't last it's just so sad how much self-doubt and hatred she has yeah
1: this voice inside her head really acts as her kind of pitfall to being able to build any type of relationship with any of them because she keeps being like You know, how long is it going to take before this whole poor girl damage beta thing wears off and you all get tired of me? Like she doesn't think that this could be a forever thing. Right. Because she just, you know, basically wasn't trained in her mind to feel like that. But Leo literally says, I love you. The fact that she was there for Rake's heat, which is a very personal thing for the pack. Mm -hmm. I feel like that alone should be showing her that, you know, they are serious about you. This is not what you are thinking. Like, you know, I feel like it should be kind of obvious that they want to be with her for the long term. But I get it. Like her trauma has seriously fucked her up so badly.
0: Yeah. Society down
1: betas. Right. Like you can't have it all. Like you're just a little fucking beta. Like you don't get to be happy.
0: Yeah, like for a beta to become part of a pack is considered like super lucky. So it's just, yeah, it's kind of fucked. But she goes to Malta with Leo, gets home from her vacation, and goes to her apartment alone. This picks back up on the plot with Indy because he's broken into her apartment. His scent is everywhere. She's freaking out and tries to call Leo, but was sent to voicemail and then notices that... And by the way, her phone was dead, so she had to plug it into the wall by the door to even notice that she had this voicemail from Indy singing the fucking Lola showgirl song. Fucking terrifying. So And she can also
1: see like a bunch of feathers leading into her bedroom. So she doesn't even fuck around. She's not going for Mm -mm. it. And she has this moment where she's like, there was only one person more than all the others I wanted to see in this moment. I couldn't have explained it only that I knew he would know what to do. And who's that motherfucking guy? Wes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Yes. I love Wes. And he's so good at calming her and talking her through it as he's good at everything. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: Wes is literally her security blanket. He would do anything to get to her, keep her safe. So he ends up, you know, charging through over to the apartment, calling all the other guys. We finally get Leo back into the fucking
0: loop because mm-hmm. I think his phone died at this point. Right. All the boys end up coming to the apartment, feeling protective of, of her. She's meant to be pack. And the fact that she just had this convo with Leo abroad where he said, I love you and all of that fun shit. It's just the perfect time for her to move the fuck out of that apartment and into the not-pack-house, pack-mansion. Ayo! (laughs) And this is where we end the first book.
1: Indy is still out there, and she is still trying to figure out where she fits into this pack.
0: Yeah, this world has many different other books associated, but Lola's story in particular is a duology. So we are going to squeeze both of those books into this one episode. Starting off strong, Caleb's point of view, Rake purposefully leaves Caleb with Lola. This is where we have Caleb
1: discussing
0: his attraction to Lola. He really wants to know what she's thinking. Like, can he bond with her? If I could just take a little nibble, then cursing himself in his very British way. (laughs) (laughs) I found it very interesting
1: how he said... He'd never been with a woman. Like, he'd been attracted to some of them, but never enough to actually sleep with them. (laughs) And then him fucking wondering what it would feel like to be inside of her.
0: Fucking hot. That's hot. That is hot. (laughs) Caleb, unable to stifle his purr, too. (laughs) Fluffy. And she kisses Caleb and gets off on just him purring. I'm convinced that purr is like a vibrator, homies. (laughs) I'm like, I'm trying to get a man who purrs. (laughs) She does get nervous to tell Matt about the kiss
1: with Caleb. Devil on the shoulder coming back again. I feel like I'm back to my old nasty habits. You know, she has a lot of her insecurity coming off about collecting alphas, which is like she's afraid of them thinking that's what she's going to do with them. And I think it's just because she's used to her old mindset and something bad happened to her because of it. And so she blames herself for that trauma. And I think this is where it's all rooted is like the trauma happened to her, but she feels like she's the reason the trauma happened.
0: Yeah, but the reason she likes these alphas is wholly different from why she chased them in the past. She's slowly built genuine connections in this pack and didn't chase them. If anything, she actually avoided them. But with Leo and Rake pushing her to be open, I think really helped her get comfortable.
1: Yeah, it was really all about claiming before for her with alphas. And now it's just so much more emotional based and also she just kind of has like a general social resentment for Omegas because of the devotion that they garner from Alphas. But I feel like she never has said or even felt like, you know, I hate Rake because Rake is getting all of these things. Right. So that's showing that she actually has, you know, gotten past that point. Oh, at true. Least like maybe unconsciously. Like, she's not thinking about it like that.
0: Yeah, and she even addresses this at work by pitching a beta-focused issue for the magazine. So instead of it focusing on how a beta can be like an omega or how a beta can attract an alpha, it was genuinely embracing who you are as a beta, which I thought was such a huge thing, not only for the society, but for her personally to be like, you know what? Betas are great. I don't need to be an omega. I don't need to chase alphas. I'm just going to be who I am. And being who she is, she's still loved by this whole pack.
1: Yes. Okay. One thing at this point, though, I'm getting fucking irritated that she's not nodding with someone. Like I literally wrote down in my notes, if she doesn't fucking nod with someone soon, I'm going to freak out because <laughs> <laughs> I-, I did feel like if she nodded within alpha like she would end up c- becoming an alpha mm. and then I was like oh my gosh like I'm fucking invested like come on it's gonna turn out like baby and like something's gonna happen which is totally not what happened but right I was very invested in the nodding plot line and I was getting fucking annoyed I was like let them
0: ram their dick in you like I just don't <laughs> understand <laughs> that is such an interesting theory like I feel like that would make these betas psycho about wanting to get with an alpha if they hooked up with an alpha they would become an alpha that'd be crazy but it really is just like animal planet real life pack mentality so it's funny cuz it's this is your first omegaverse book so it's funny to hear your comments and where your thoughts were going, whereas I've read a fair amount. <laughs> so, You're like, um, I
1: already know how this goes. Down. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I
0: I can give you a, a layout of how this world
1: works. <laughs> <laughs> so after that attack at her apartment, you know, Lola wants to be able to defend herself if she's on her own. So she ends up asking West to teach her self defense. I was like. Okay, bitch, we fucking know where this is going. (laughs) The gym, the mats, the wrestling, the sweating on each other, like Mm -mm -mm. down and fucking
0: dirty. Let's go. I love that he was so addicted to her scent and couldn't help but kiss her again and even more intense and then wanted to bite her already. The way their instincts take over. I think that's why I love these books so much. They just can't help themselves. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love that he is more traditional, though. Like, he's True. like, you know, I'm going to do this right. Like, I can't have sex with you right now. I want to take you on dates. I want to spoil you first. I want to make you feel loved. I want to make this feel like a genuine relationship versus like my animal instincts are taking over. Right. I want to fuck you.
0: Right. Ugh, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in love. Except... He's traditional, but not a saint. He definitely does a little booty squeeze when he hugs her (laughs) goodbye. (laughs) Anyways, he does go on a date with Lola, and she says, I know I'm safe with you, not just before you wouldn't hurt me, but you wouldn't let anyone else either. Again, he is not only the security guard of the pack, or for Rake, but for the pack and now Lola. Like, his instinct is to be protective and... That's really the part he plays as the alpha in the pack.
1: Right. And I think Lola does a good job at highlighting to Wes like I know you're not seen like you're the guy in the background and you know what like I like you, you know, what? like I don't like you because I like the other people in your pack like you are a genuine person and I like You know, what you're. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing more to say than that. And I feel like he's finally getting the recognition that he's never had. And deserves. And it's just. uh, Yeah. I'm I'm happy for you, Wes. (laughs) Back to the gift giving of Rake.
0: Yeah. His enormous (laughs) closet of orders finally deliver.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She is very overwhelmed with how many gifts there are. And. They end up getting into an argument over it. Poor Rake is just wanting to do anything to make her special and make her want to stay with them. And she's just not having it. She's like, this is too much. Like, this is crazy. Like, I, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I she's do. Straight up overwhelmed. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like she overreacted here. He does throw in her face that she went to Malta with Leo and she went to. Or she wants to go to a ballet with Caleb and he's like, well, I want to do something for you and you're doing all these other things with the other people. Like, why can't I do something for you and make you feel wanted?
0: Yeah. At the same time, though, I think if she hadn't acted like this, at least in some way, maybe not to the whiny extent she did, but she would have seemed like a gold digger. Yeah. You know, to just openly accept the extensive amount of designer clothes and stuff he got her is just like, dude.
1: Yeah. I don't think she needed to get mad at him. Like they, I don't think they needed to fight. Yeah. But I get it. Yeah. Cyrus ends up coming in, tells Rake to get the fuck out and he talks with Lola. And here it comes again with his, you know, hyping up of, you know, who Lola's true character is. Mm-hmm. Cause Lola's fucking bashing on herself. You know, she ends up being pissed at herself that, that, she got in a fight with rake over it and he's like is that really how you fucking talk about yourself this is not okay right
0: and he helps her come to a resolution about rake's gifts yeah he makes some really good points too like saying if anything rake took advantage of her in her state of weakness with the excuse to drown her in gifts that were absolutely over the top and honestly shifts the power dynamic because now she's like oh well I owe you all this or you know it's she realizes for her though it's not about power balance it's just that she thinks she's not worthy Mm
1: -hmm. he also says before you go I don't ever want to hear you talk about yourself again that way you can question whether or not you are satisfied with your place here with us but never your worth the Deep emotional attachment that Cyrus has, and they have not
0: even fucked. Like, he is, he wants her. Oh, yeah. And the way he totally used his alpha bark, and she's like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> You're a hella intense alpha in secret who can turn on the bark in like a second flat and make your panties wet just as fast. Super cool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very daddy dom moment. And we're here for it. And it's very telling of what the sexual vibes are to come with Cyrus.
0: Foreshadowing. Still so many negative thoughts, but she's getting better at being positive in response. I think thanks to Cyrus. Cyrus. And just the time she spent with this pack. And she also finally thinks to herself that she wants to be pack. Thank Great. God. <laughs> for real.
1: Rake and Lola end up making up. They tell each other that they love each other. Woo!
0: Yay. So big. Love it. I think Rake really needed that emotionally. Oh, big time. He was kind of competing with the alphas for her attention, affection, appreciation at this point, And just really needed to know this so badly so that those insecurities didn't creep up especially
1: as an omega he's not used to being insecure right he's like well people come to me and they want me and now i'm having
0: to do it on the other side yeah so her reassurance and saying i love you i think was exactly what he needed
1: yeah caleb ends up taking Lila on a date to the ballet and i mean if ballets went like this, I think I would go to the ballet all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she gets fingered during the show and he edges the fucking shit out of her love. And this four play session ends up
0: leading to them fucking later on. Yeah, he takes her back home, starts eating her out and says something that Rake had said to him. Apparently, he gives the best head just out of pure enthusiasm. <laughs> it's like, oh, Lord. Definitely LOL'd so hard at the tipple of a nipple comment, too. <laughs> and reminder, this is Caleb's first time with a woman, and he goes totally feral, like to the point that he's not able to stop himself. Right. So he actually ends up nodding her,
1: which she freaking out. He's freaking out. There's a lot of freaking out, like the knots fucking in. Yeah. Like you can't take it back. No, it's secured. It's locked. But then she realizes, you know, the longer I had the knot, the more I liked it. And I think like almost this was the best way to go about it because it kind of ripped off the bandaid for her.
0: Yeah. Like
1: knotting was just such a super mental battle for her. Definitely. So. The fact that she was with someone she trusted, like obviously, if it was someone else, it would be she would be like, oh, fuck, like, and then total panic attack shut down. But I think she looked at Caleb and was like, you know what? It's okay. Like, he's gonna take care of me. Like, let's just see how this goes. And obviously in the pretty fucking good. (laughs) Yeah.
0: There was stuff like I could feel it going deeper, like blah. blah. Oh, my God. It just got like very descriptive, but not in a bad way. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I also love that Caleb gives her a nickname now, too. And it's love. Just picture his British accent going, okay, love. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Another thing that
1: Lola is struggling with that she ends up opening to mad about, which apparently she just opens up to mad about fucking everything, because I guess if you're the daddy of the group, you're going to have to be fucking therapist, too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> In this case, she ends up talking to him about her dad issues, so... Her dad met his pack after her mom got pregnant with her. So he just basically dipped, which was a little bit of an open-ended plot line for me because I was kind of like, is the dad going to be somehow involved in like all
0: of the indie shit and stuff? But he wasn't. Right. And the dad, important note, wasn't Alpha. That's why he found a pack, but her mom was a beta. And so he like totally dipped on a beta. It's like literally from the beginning – no
1: trust in alphas for her. Nope. And she says something like, do I seek attention from alphas to cope with my dad leaving? Absolutely. fucking lootly Well, at least she used to. I think she used to, but I think Matt just does a really good job at being like, okay, look, like, this is how you thought in the past, and that's Okay. These are the things that happened to you in the past. And this is how you feel because
0: of that. That's okay. Yeah. But who you are now, like you've still grown and you're not like that. Yeah. He's just so good at validating her feelings. And then the conversation progresses into more about their relationship in future. And he mentions wanting kids. And Lola admits that she does too, which again, hello foreshadowing. (laughs) You start to kind of
1: get edgy about Indy's part of the plot because you haven't heard from him in a while. So, you know, good for her. She's growing all of these relationships. Mm -hmm. She's having sex, but like the dude's still out there and he's trying to get at you. So there's this moment where she almost gets snatched up by one of them, but she ends up managing to fight him off and get away. The guys are all freaking the fuck out. She ends up getting home. She lost her phone in the whole thing. So like none of them could get a hold of her, which was like for another like re- hours yeah. too, which is another reason why, you know, they were freaking the fuck out and she gets home and Cyrus is like immediately on her growling when he sees her basically nuzzling into her relaxing being like she's fucking back like my girl's here. Over everyone
0: else. (laughs) Yeah. So dominant in that moment. It was like he couldn't handle being separated or worried about her. And then Rake saying through the bond, he feels dot, 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 feral. (laughs) I was evil chuckling. Like, (laughs) I can't wait to get to the house.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, at this point, like, they all love her physically, emotionally, this just proves it like they wouldn't be acting like that if they
0: didn't want her right and so at this point you're kind of thinking like why hasn't she heard from indy in a while and then all of a sudden he literally tries to take her it's because wes has been intercepting all of the texts and he admits to her that he found a video on indy's cloud She decides to watch it, get all the details that she doesn't remember from one night in particular. So Leo is like, I don't think she should watch this. He's afraid it's going to trigger her trauma even more. And all the work and progression she's made is going to go backwards. And he's been there before. He's a beta who's gone through an abusive alpha before. So he has that understanding of, oh, my God, like, I'm really concerned for her. And then the rest of the pack, honestly, are just as concerned, but they decide to let her do what she needs.
1: Right. And I understand her want to know what happened because she's like, there's a part missing. She knows bad things happened, but she thinks in her mind, you know, if I see it, I'll have more control over it. I can get over it. Yeah. But I just don't think this was the way to go about it. I honestly don't even think that watching it with even the guys being there would have helped. She needs heavy therapy. Like She needs to talk through with someone. And I think maybe watching it with a therapist after she's made more progress on working through her issues that stem from the trauma that happened that night would be maybe the only way to go. But honestly, I think in the end, like watching it, just does more damage than good because even though she's made progress she still reverts back into this devil on her shoulder attitude and she doesn't believe like truly truly she's like I want to be part of the pack but she doesn't think that she can actually be in the pack because she doesn't think she's deserving so she's like I just don't think you're ready to watch that
0: I know, and right after she had just decided, okay, I'm ready to be in the pack, and then this shit happens. It's just so sad. And after she watches the video, she describes her life as functioning, not really living it, which is totally a trauma response, I think called disassociating. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a pretty reasonable reaction to see something like that and be like, that was me. I mean, God, that's, yeah. I, I think you're right. She needs therapy. Yeah, that would, that's just, I couldn't
1: imagine. Ugh. There's a dinner one night where Rake pretty much like bombards her and is like, you know, I want you here permanently. I want you to be bonded to my alphas. So I know you will always
0: be with us. And really quick, this is totally triggered by her almost getting taken. Like they're all kind of on edge. They've been trying to give her space for a few weeks, but she's just zombified because again, she's disassociating.
1: Right. And even Matt throws in there like bonds can be arranged. She's literally spiraling at this point. Yeah, she's really fritzing. Like, she's not ready. She can't accept the fact that, you know, they would want her enough to bond with her. She still feels like she's a burden. They start getting a little bit snappy with her, being like, you know, they want her to lean on them and help her out. Like, stop
0: being hung up that you're being a burden. Yeah, I think she's afraid they will feel how fucked up she is inside and have to feel her emotions and trauma through the bond.
1: Yeah, and this ultimately leads to her thinking that her leaving them will help them. I was really trying at this point to stay on her side, but I was just like, dude, like they're all trying so hard for you. And you just want to just leave them all together and just be done with it. This is just, again, like you, she needed to not go to babies. She needed to go to therapy. Like she needed to like go to like some sort of like
0: mental rehab facility that specializes in trauma. Yeah. It's, it's hard because Wes, you know, ends up going to her and they have a moment And I'm glad it's Wes who comes to her side since he makes her feel the safest and is good at reading her and respects her decision for space if she needs it, whether that be, like you said, just maybe getting therapy or even going to babies. He's fully willing to support her with whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But then Wes admits he's in love with her and that he's never had a romantic connection with Rake because he was always meant to be with her. (laughs) so cute and then they finger fuck but they don't actually fuck because he doesn't want to confuse her more if she's leaving and I'm glad because I think if they fucked and then she left it not only would have fucked with her mentally but him mentally as well like it just wasn't the time yeah yeah, I agree I agree but but their relationship did move forward and I think that she left on a positive note with another alpha which honestly I think got her back faster too
1: Right. And I do think it was an overall good decision to go stay with baby because, you know, baby has all her alphas there. So she can work on being surrounded by alphas. And obviously those alphas have been vetted because they're with baby. They would never do anything to harm Lola. And she needed to work on herself, you know, find this love of yourself first before you know, she gives that love away because this isn't even like just talking about giving your love to one person. Like these are multiple people that are vying for love from you. Like That's probably a very complex situation to deal with. And the fact that, you know, she didn't even love herself is this is obviously the best decision for her to go and work on that. So she ends up with the Howler gang and baby who's her BFF. There's this one night where she's talking with Tornado, who Tornado is one of the alphas of babies, about how bonds help deal with nightmares. So what she was worried about was, like you said, them feeling her anxiety and her trauma. Right. But Tornado goes over how, you know, when with him and baby that's not actually what happens. Like they can feel it and sense it, but they can help you with it. It's not like you're putting a burden on them. He even says, I have baby in the background with me separating reality from trauma. And this is really, you know, that confirmation that she needed to know, I'm not going to be a burden with these guys. You know, they can help me. I can help them. And I feel like this conversation is, ultimately the biggest thing that makes her
0: decide to go back to them yeah on top of it she also gets to meet the other beta girls that are part of baby's pack so if you read her book she joins this pack and a lot of these alphas you know they're dating certain betas and she instead of kicking them out of the pack actually embraces them and there's a whole thing about that in her book too but these betas end up telling Lola why betas are essential for packs and how they fit in. And it was really interesting the ways they were like, well, this alpha that I'm connected with, you know, he, it was just like they filled in all the little gaps, which is exactly what Lola's doing for this pack. Matthew and Wes were not connected to this pack with a bond at all. And now they have Lola, who they could potentially bond with and make this pack a whole. Meanwhile, the threats from Indy only get bigger. Wes is continuing to intercept them. Matt and Wes end up having a conversation because those threats are getting to the point where they're not only threatening Lola, but the rest of the pack, including like Leo and Rake. And so, of course, these alphas are like, okay... We need to do something. They decide, let's hire a hitman, even though it's morally against what we believe in, but they want to protect Lola overall, as well as the pack. Wes finds this hit woman who specifically targets alphas who hurt betas and honestly gave me a vibe that she may potentially have her own book. And I think the book right after this in the Sweet Omegaverse Is her book. It's called Bad Alpha. Oh, fucking slay. Yeah. So I
1: I, I liked her vibe too. (laughs) Me too.
0: I haven't read her book yet, but I'm going to because she has a few other scenes that come up that we'll talk about as well that is just like, yeah, her vibe's cool. We
1: need a badass FMC Yeah. Hell yeah.
0: (laughs) Matt ends up not being
1: able to handle her being away. And he's like, I'm making the executive decision. I'm going to fucking go get her. And... Him just like coming early and whisking her
0: away was so freaking cute. So Lola tells Matt that she's in love with him and not only do they not, but they bond. He bites her on that spot between her neck and shoulder and uh, it was so cute how she starts to feel his love coming through the bond. It was just the confirmation she needed that she made the right decision. And then she also learns how sensitive to the touch those bite marks are and it turns her on even more.
1: <laughs>
0: Ayy. Ay. <laughs> I love
1: again when she comes back home and rakes Caesar and he's again
0: That sneaky French bastard. He didn't even invite us. (laughs) And he's like, you're not getting rid of me now, lollipop. I'm the barnacle on the ass of your ship from here on out. (laughs) Fucking rake. He's such a who. And then Cyrus sniffing the bond mark and simply saying good. Why is that so him? It really is. It's just like, (laughs) okay, dad. (laughs) Daddy Okay, Daddy Dom. (laughs) And next up on the bonding docket, Wes and Lola finally fuck and bond. I love that she calls him alpha, and I feel like he needed the ego boost after being on the sidelines of the pack for so long. I also love his response of, I'm your alpha. Mm. (laughs) One of my favorite
1: quotes from this one was, no more hovering at the edges. No more pretending to be the bodyguard. Love us. Let me love you. Ugh,
0: quality. That mirror fucking position, though. Holy shit. <laughs> holy shit. But also... Okay, so let me just paint a picture for y'all. They're in the gym. They're on one of the benches. Both, like, naked or whatever fucking, right? She, they're both facing the mirror. So she's riding him reverse cowgirl. I... Have you heard that reverse cowgirl is the most dangerous sex position?
1: Dangerous? No. Like,
0: literally, if you Google what is the most dangerous sex position, it's reverse cowgirl. Why? I think it has to do with the angle dicks typically are when they're hard. And then, I don't know, it said something like more than 50% of quote unquote broken dicks reported in hospitals Uh, are from reverse cowgirl that makes a lot of sense so i'm like reading this scene and i'm like this is super fucking hot but also like don't break his dick right i'm like
1: oh i'm concerned is this gonna work out okay i love that she says to in her mind she's like I wondered if Rake knew he was missing out on the biggest cock in the pack. Lucky me.
0: <laughs> like, of course, the fucking silent guy has a huge ass fucking dick. It's always
1: the quiet ones. And also, <laughs> I feel you sucking me in. Woo! Erotic as fuck. I'm here for it. That's a good one-liner right Quality there. Quality
0: fucking dirty talk. Wes. Mm. Mm, mm,
1: mm. And like Taylor said... Wes ends up nodding Lola, which is actually his first time nodding ever.
0: Yeah. And it's more like Lola surprise locks Wes. Like she just drops that shit down. And he's like, oh, my God. Like He's like, I've never done this or whatever. He's like freaking the fuck out. Right. Also, I kind of liked it because it was really a better version of the virgin trope. Like it's still hot, dirty as fuck sex for the first time but But, it's not like something new right yeah it's something new for him and so he's just like loses control also shout out to emmy the beta from baby's pack for the nodding position like (laughs) that girl oh you guys just have to read it
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then we get hit with the bite me alpha and she fucking bonds with him legit i feel like they went into it like that wasn't the thought process, but, like, that's where the vibes
0: were at. Oh, yeah. I also love that he's so dominant after that, too. And it brings, for her, that bond, a grounding feeling. Which, it's interesting how the guys each give her a different feeling through the bond and each brings something different to the table. Additionally, it changes the alphas, too. Like, the guys start to notice the change in Wes after he gets the bond saying... The change in Wes alone is basically him bouncing on his toes and goofy grin on his face, which rarely was seen before because he was the always serious security guard, and now he's just like a fluffy big teddy bear in love. (laughs) It's just so cute.
1: (laughs) I do have to bring up at this point, though, that the order in which she went about this bonding shit was fucked up. Like, the girl had Leo first, then Rake. So, okay, fine, Matt, I get. But like Wes, so shortly after the fact that she just bonded with Matt and she doesn't like right away bond with Caleb, which would then be with bonding with Leo and Rake.
0: Like, yeah, or at least the closest she could get to bonding with them, Right.
1: Like, so I get like leaving Cyrus out like, sorry, buddy, but. I just don't understand why she wouldn't want to have that connection with the two people that she fell in love with first that essentially like brought her around to being in love with everyone else and the audacity that she has to fucking make them wait for a good time. She's literally says it's not the right time. When the fuck is the right time? You're a fucking (laughs) bitch. And to top it off, Leo, Caleb, and Rake are all fucking insecure about it.
0: And I'm just like, you're being a bitch. Yeah, it's a bit messy. I agree on the Caleb one. It's like, why?
1: You could have literally just gone out there and fucked them like immediately. Like it didn't need to be some fucking grand gesture thing. Like They didn't need that. Well,
0: And she already had her like big moment with Caleb. She's gone on that fun date with him at the whatever show and they nodded and they nodded. So it's like, it's not like you really have any more to wait for with him and you're already madly in love with the two that he's bonded to. So rude. Just very. Rude. Well yeah. Yeah. Cyrus though, she did need to have a moment with him a and sexual moment. Yeah. Because He's been there for her emotionally, which great. We need that. She needs that. But we need the sexual connection as well. We need the dick. Okay. Yeah. We need the dick. So Cyrus, a.k.a. Daddy Dom, and their first sexual scene is when she is at Designate, actually. And he's like, come inside, lock the door. This is like kind of like a one bed trope thing something's about to go down like
1: you're not locking the door just to lock the door no (laughs) my one thing about this scene was how do you feel about when he called her pet nope like that's her that's the
0: nickname i just i wasn't vibing with that Mm -mm. (laughs) definitely prefer his other nickname for her which is sunshine way cuter But I get it. It's part of the whole dominant submission thing. Like, she calls him boss. He calls her pet. But (laughs) not your ass. Yeah, pass. (laughs) Um, However, she does grind on him, not allowed to come. And the goddamn torture of this scene. We're talking major edging. We're talking good girl praises. And Cyrus plays his part well daddy dom acts so unbothered that this bitch is like riding him and begging to come and he's just like i'm i need to finish this email bitch (laughs) let me come
1: (laughs) i love how matt also comes in at the end all hot and bothered and is like i can feel you through the fucking bond and i was hard my entire meeting (laughs) like i love that now That can be something that she can kind of get back at the other ones about. Like she's going to (laughs) be fucking another one and they're going to all feel it
0: and be like, oh, Um. shit, where are you at? (laughs) And then Cyrus paints Lola because remember, he paints all his exes. And at first Lola's like, what the hell? you know, what are you painting me for? What does this mean? And he's like, no, 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 look closer at the painting. And instead of it moving from happy to sad as the breakup, it moves from sad to happy in the opposite direction because her future is bright with the pack, which I thought was so cute and so meaningful. Meanwhile,
1: we come full circle back to the fucking indie plotline. And indie takes
0: Rake. I was pissed. He didn't follow his instincts and get the fuck out of there or call 911. Rake's phone was literally in his hand and he gets taken. (laughs) It's like, dude. Honestly, Rake for you. (laughs) Yeah, he's a little bit overconfident, cocky, but Indy tells
1: Lola that if she brings anyone with her to save Rake, that he will kill Rake immediately. So she wasn't fucking around with that. She was like, I'm going by myself. The guys hate the idea, end up giving in though. She acts so strong and confident, like in the confrontation with Indy. I was so proud of her. Like it shows that she's come full circle. Like you know, she was scared, but she wasn't going to let him see that. And literally throwing in his face, your attempt to be some kind of thriller
0: movie villain is pathetic to me. You're worthless. I am so glad she also gets physical hits in, too. Literally needing to get pulled off of him by Wes because she's beating him up so bad. I was like, yeah, girl, you you throw that verbal assault at him, but then, yeah, yeah, right, left, yeah. (laughs) I was so happy for her. I was like, beat that trauma out of you. For real. Indy ends
1: up getting shot by the
0: assassin that we mentioned earlier and dies. Okay, that, I was literally like, could you have waited any fucking longer to take him out?
1: I know honestly, I feel like maybe in her book, they'll discuss it a little bit, but she what like girl, if you were gonna do it, like we could have avoided so much,
0: right, I mean, you were hired at least months ago, yeah,
1: then we have an orgy again, so many holes, so many positions. I'm just trying to keep up at this point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She also says, I love you to the two last alphas, Caleb and Cyrus. So I think you know where this is going. <laughs> also, the hint at them wanting to have
1: two dicks in her vagina at once. Hot damn. Never read that before. I can give you a couple recommendations. But, oh. <laughs> it's
0: it's I'm here for it. I kinda am too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she gets bitten by Caleb. And then immediately feels the bonds with Leo and Rake too. It made me so happy. It was like almost like a veil was over them and it was lifted, and it was like yeah. this is like how
0: it's supposed to be. Yeah, I am so so glad she can feel them through the bond through the alphas without actually marking each other. Ugh, it it would have been so sad if she couldn't feel them but could feel just the alphas. I mean, it's like you said, the veil was lifted and that connection was just. You know, the hands. Uh, that's fluff for you.
1: That's the. She yes. might have a lot of things in her holes, but the fluff was still going strong,
0: people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then fucking Cyrus decides to bond with her by marking her ass, which is so fucking funny. But also low key kind of smart because now she's going to get turned on anytime someone like spanks her, or touches her on her butt. Mm-hmm. Not to mention Cyrus,
0: because, you know, he's going to be doing a lot of spanking. <laughs> <laughs> and then after this beautiful little fuck fest and bonding moments she's going down in the morning for breakfast and eve the hit woman shows up again this alpha bad bitch literally snuck into this mansion filled with bonded alpha males undetected and even took a shower like you just know her book is gonna be good She asks some really weird questions about how it felt for Lola to get revenge and that she couldn't kill until Rake was safe too. So she kind of explains why she took so long, but Lola describes her as definitely a feral alpha. Regardless, she doesn't hurt her or anything. She just gives Lola her phone number and is like, in case you get sick of your bonds or just want a girl's night or whatever, we can throat punch someone. (laughs) And Lola's first thought is, dear God, never introduce her to baby. (laughs)
1: The epilogue was really sweet. Leo asks her to marry him since he can't bond. He wants something that will tie her to him for forever, which I think is really cute, very fitting, especially since he was the first guy to kind of bring her in. I also was thinking at the same time, like, poor fucking Rake. Like, he doesn't have anything, like, physical to tie to her. But then she reveals later on that she's pregnant with his child. And he's
0: (laughs) so excited. I love how she's like, that's what you get for calling exclusive dibs on my pussy during your heat, baby. (laughs) And then he hits her with the, you bitches better get ready for a whole new kind of daddy. (laughs) Her story also wraps up on a really happy note where she's totally healed from her trauma and safe and loved in a pack. There's a quote at the end that says, Right now, I have six men I need to enjoy being devoured by. Life these days are delicious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Lola baby, I want to be you. (laughs) So some similar recommendations. We did mention a few throughout this podcast episode, but Baby and the Late Night Howlers is the name of Baby's book. And it's different because it's from an Omega's perspective. And then, of course, you can just look up Omegaverse, and you're going to find tons of other books in the same world.
1: Yes. Catherine Moon has many other books out as well. Honestly, if you're looking for smut fantasy, why choose? She's going to hit it right on the head. Oh, Fire. yeah. Fire She's flame, your girl. Always. And now it's time for a Would You Rather. Would you rather. And it is Matt's turn. So would you rather be an Omega Alpha or a Beta? Obviously an Omega I'm trying to have a fuck fest with a bunch of alphas. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. I just like kind of like the vibe of like being an alpha.
0: Oh. Like just like. Oh, you're a Dom is what you're saying. No. But like, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe
1: this is opening something up about myself. <laughs> you're like, do I want
0: to admit this? <laughs>
1: That's it for today's episode. We'll see everyone back in two weeks where we're going to be going over Say You Swear by Megan Brandy.
0: For more, follow us on our socials, TikTok and Insta at read it, and write it And subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever you're listening in. Our DMs are open to would you rather suggestions or books and topics you want covered. Or you can email us at readitandwriteit@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
1: See you guys next episode and don't forget to check out our new merch that we've launched on our Etsy store.